Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You start by understanding why you want to do it. When I first got on this platform, I saw people who were making hundreds of thousands of dollars and I tried to keep up with them and our whys were not the same. I was trying to make debt payments like they were and I couldn't do it and it made me feel discouraged. But understanding what your why is and then understanding that it's going to change. So my why first was just because I wanted to get out of credit card debt. I did that. My why changed to them paying off my car. I did that. My why then changed is because I want to be in my own space. I did that. So just first understanding why are you on this journey? Because like I said, sometimes your motivation is just going to go. And that's when that consistency has to kick in. You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I'm your host, Janice Torres, award-winning Latina personal finance expert. I didn't always have my financial shit together, but when I started looking for POC-friendly personal finance podcasts, I couldn't find any. And so Yo Quiero Dinero was born. On this show, I'll show you how to make dinero, how to keep your dinero, and most importantly, how to make it grow. Each week, I'm connecting you with the most brilliant minds in the world of money and business, so you can learn about investing, entrepreneurship, and building wealth. The best part? I'm dishing up all this knowledge with a sassy side of sazón. So if you're ready to be poderosa with your dinero, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in. Before we hop into today's conversation, I want to remind you to follow us on social. If you're loving this podcast and you want more community, you want to find out more about our events and all the stuff that we have going on behind the scenes, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and everywhere else you love to hang out on the internet. If you're loving this podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review if you listen to us on Apple. It's the easiest way to share our podcast with people that you know and love, and it helps us get discovered by amazing listeners like you. So take a moment, leave us a review, share us with your friends and family, subscribe so that you never miss an episode, and make sure to check out our blog, YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com, where you can sign up for our email list and you'll never miss an episode. Plus, you get exclusive invitations to our live events, special discounts for our digital courses, and as always, our best personal finance tips and advice to help you be poderosa with your dinero. Thanks for listening. Now, let's get into the episode. Summer, welcome to the podcast. So excited to have you here. You are a legend in the personal finance community, honey. And I am so excited that we're finally connecting here on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. I'm like so excited, a little bit nervous. You're like amazing. <laughs> so are you, honey. And I love your unapologetic flavor of personal finance that you got going on. I'm here for 
all of the realness when it comes to money conversations, and you were definitely serving it up. So tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and what you do. Oh, that's like always so weird when I have to like introduce myself, but I am Summer, <laughs> a bitch on budgeting. I am a teacher. I am a side hustle enthusiast. I have paid off over $50,000 worth of debt in a little about three years. Wow. Started with only making $37,000 before taxes. And now I'm teaching other women how to side hustle their way out of debt, which is like kind of exciting. Uh, I love it. I'm here for the side hustle. I'm here for the debt payoff. And I know there's a lot of folks, especially in our current environment where inflation is happening, everything costs more. They're trying to get a wrangle on their budget and it feels freaking impossible. So I definitely want to talk about your best strategies. But first, let's dive into your money story. I'm always curious to find out what money story my guests have. I want to learn a little bit about, you know, kind of what you learned about money growing up. So for me, I actually grew up in foster care. So I did not grow up with my birth mother. I grew up with my foster mother. And she taught me everything there was to know about money from down to like, she always handled the finances in the house. Her way was kind of on the back of the envelope. (laughs) (laughs) So she would just write down the bills that needed to be paid. Um, But when it came to even like shopping and buying school, school clothes or school supplies, she always shopped at a sale. My Puerto Rican foster mother, who is now... 67 years old, still shops on a sale. So just seeing her run a household, we lived in like one of the poorest parts of Brooklyn, but we lived in a house. So my step, my foster mother, my foster father really made it a priority to have their children grow up in a better environment. And from there, it was just learning how to take care of a house, understanding the bills of what it goes into being a house, owning a house at 21. My mother left the house to me. And I learned how to pay bills. I learned how to pay a mortgage. She was still kind of there in the background, but she taught me everything there was about being financially responsible. Instead of like the investing part, I feel like the generation before us really wasn't about investing, it was about pensions, which is great, right? Like that's how they're living now. But um, she taught me all the basics there was about budgeting without me realizing I was actually even learning about it. Mm, Yeah, those subconscious lessons become part of how you operate with money. And that's super powerful. Tell me more about this. She left you the house at 21. I need to know. Yes. So they moved to Florida. If you want to stay here, you have to pay the bills and these are what the bills are. So it was really my first go into understanding what it means to take care of a house, knowing like firsthand, I probably don't want to live in my own house (laughs) because when the basement flooded, that was on me. My parents were not coming up here from Florida to figure it out, right? (laughs) I had a snake and had to like do it myself. It was only for like a, a year or two, and then they ended up selling the house to my sister because she was older than me, and she she had the finances to really upkeep it. But it was such an eye opening experience, and I like I know people talk about like owning homes, but I was like, you guys don't understand <laughs> what goes into it. So now I own a condo, and I don't have to worry about any of those things. I love that you got that early perspective from an early age. I mean, shit, that's super powerful to be able to understand what adulting is before most people do, because I know damn well when I I was 24, when I moved out and I was just like, this is ghetto. Like, I don't know why I was trying to leave. (laughs) No, I still to this day, like my sister's like, you want to come back and live with me? Yes, I do. Please take me back. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. So you mentioned that you're a teacher. We all know teachers are the hardest working, most underpaid profession in the world. So tell me what kind of put you on the trajectory to becoming a teacher and did the fact that you're not getting paid a lot have anything to do with you starting a side hustle? Listen, yes, it did. Okay, so my mom is a teacher. My foster mother, who I just called my mom, she was a teacher. She was a teacher for the past 20 something years. And I grew up in a really good elementary school where it was just kind of like a family. And the first thing I said also was like, I don't want to work with anybody. Like, I just, I don't. And then I met a little boy who had autism and I didn't know what it was 10 years ago. And that moment I fell in love and I have been working with special needs from like, oh my gosh, we're going on 14 years. Wow. But I started out as a teacher assistant and I realized the pay was an absolute joke. That's where I was making $37,000 before taxes. And is this in In New New York? York? Yes, it's in New York. Oh, honey. My God. I could not I re- I could not live on my own at that price. So um what I realized is I need to make more money, but I still want to operate in the passion that I love and that's working with children with who have autism. 
So from there, I was just like, I need to make more money. And in the financial space, you hear a lot about like cutting back, cutting back. But I was already living with my sister. I didn't have any like real bills. So there was no more that I could cut back on. And the immediate thing was like, I just need to make more money. Mm-hmm. And that's when I got into side hustling. And I kind of like never looked back. Like my first goal was like I couponed. And I used to just resell the things that I couponed. Oh. And I made $500 like my first weekend. Oh my god! I was gosh. like, oh, this is it. <laughs> I found my way in life. Oh my gosh. Wait, that's incredible. Okay. So you mentioned you paid off over $50,000 in like around three years. Yes. Please explain this because you're barely making enough to pay that like in 10 years. So how does one accelerate this process so quickly? Being honest with yourself and first just understanding what my debt actually looked like. Like Finances are not an out of sight, out of mind thing. And we think they are until it hits you in the ass and you're like, I owe how much money? So once I wrote down my numbers and I realized, oh, bitch, you're not bringing in anything. <laughs> like, this is not about to work. I sat there and I said, what could I do? Yeah. And one of the first things I did was, like I said, I couponed, which was like a hobby for me. And I sold those things. But then I got into like Instacart and my first month I made $4,000 more than my job. I was like, what? $4,000 grocery shopping. How many hours did you do this? I did it for about six hours a day for 30 days. Holy shit. Yes. But when I say the money was just, and it was during the pandemic, so prices were kind of heightened. That was my first in and realizing there's no cap on how much money you can make. Yeah, There's a cap on how much you can cut back but the amount of money you make is on you. And from there on, I was just like, okay, I, I know what I'm going to like. I can still operate in my passion, but I can also find other ways to make more money. Instacart, mm. I always tell people Instacart was the first. It was, it was the driving force behind side hustling for me. I had no idea that you could make that much money doing stuff like that. That's incredible. Uh, I'm curious where the debt was coming from. So it was credit cards. Um, at one point, just because I wasn't making enough, I had to sustain myself somehow, right? Mm-hmm. And I am a very prideful person. So I would just not, my mother's like, you don't ask me for money. I just, it's just not in me. I'm like, you, you birthed me. Like you didn't birth me, but you took care of me from birth. Like I feel like I need to be taking care of you. So it was credit card debt. I had to get a new car because my car was absolutely just junked. Um, and that was most of my $50,000. Right now it's including a mortgage that I'm paying off. But the, for the most part, it was a car and just credit cards because okay. I was I couldn't sustain myself on $37,000 in New York City. No, I mean, that that's not a living wage in most parts of the US at this point. No. So that's insane. Okay, walk me through kind of the process that you created to prioritize your debt payoff, right? Because I think a lot of folks get overwhelmed with like owing a bunch of different entities money. How do I decide what to prioritize? So what did that look like for you? For me, it was prioritizing what I was putting most of my money towards. So it was credit cards. And I decided to do the debt avalanche method. And I saw that just my American Express card was eating like the the minimum payment. And people love to pay the minimum payment. But if my minimum payment is $50 and the interest is $35, I'm never getting anywhere. So for me, it was doing the avalanche method and understanding that I just needed to tackle the one with the highest interest first. And no, it doesn't always feel nice, right? Like like the snowball method. But I didn't want something that felt nice. I want something that was going to save me the most amount of money in the long run. So that was the approach. And writing it down. I had my debt in my phone, on my wall. Like I needed to see it in my face because it was a driving force to say, you can't go inside yet. It's time for you to go out inside hustle and make this money. So I always tell people, have your goals everywhere. Like my goal was to pay off debt. I had it all over my house, in my phone. Everyone knew I was doing it. So it was like, okay, you're going out today. I'm going out today. I can't go out with my friends today. And that was, it was delayed gratification, but it paid off tremendously for me. When did you start your debt payoff journey? Was it right around when the pandemic started? Yes, it was 2019. The Mm -hmm. pandemic started in 2020. Um, And I just, I started an Instagram page and I said, I need to follow people who are doing what I'm doing. And I didn't really get that in my regular, like my real life community. 
So 2019 is when I started, when I really finally took it serious and was like, I need to make a change. I can't live in my sister's house forever. (laughs) I really love that gem that you just mentioned about kind of curating the environment to support your goals, right? Because if you are in debt payoff, but you, all your girlfriends want to be going to brunch every Sunday, spend $500 on like unlimited mimosas, ma'am, I love you, but that's not aligned with like what I'm trying to do right now. And having people who can reinforce your willpower when it's weak, I think is really powerful when you're trying to do something like this, right? Yeah. And understanding that it it doesn't always have to be in your real life. It can be the internet. For me, it was people on Instagram, people like you or Millennial and Dead who were like doing the damn thing. And I was like, these women look like me. Mm. Like I don't necessarily need it in my community if I have the people around me on the internet who are also just like, you can do it, you can do it. And like, you're one of those people who are like, you can do it. And I'm like, I can? (laughs) Yeah, you can. And I did it. So that community is the utmost important thing you can have because when your motivation goes, you want to be able to lean in on people who have that motivation that you may not have in that moment, right? We're all not going to be motivated at the same time. But like, if you're driving me and I'm driving you, we can piggyback off of each other. And it just feels good to say, I'm doing this alongside someone else. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I've never even met you. And I'm like, she motivates me. Denise motivates me like crazy. <laughs> like she's doing this in her side hustle turned business. Like I can do it. Hell yeah, you can do it. Yeah. Hell yeah. I, I'm waiting for the day that I see you post. I quit my job because now I'm making $100,000 a year with my side hustle turned business. Yes. I'm here for it. I am, I am uh, putting that out there into the universe now. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so walk us through kind of your side hustle journey, because I know you've dabbled in a lot of different things. And I think people tend to get into a spiral when they start thinking about side hustles. They're just like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Is Am I going to start paying more taxes? Do I got to open an LLC? Da-da-da. Like, what's your process been? The first thing I say is use the skills you already have right? So one of the first side hustles outside of like couponing, which I was already doing, but I am also an ABA therapist, which means I just go into the homes of children who have autism and I work with them one-on-one, right? So I went from being a teacher assistant to just then being an ABA therapist. I needed no new skills. I was already doing it in my regular life. So then I just found, and that paid me $30 an hour, but I absolutely love that more than I love teaching. So So you realize that. So first, Use the skills you already have. Use the resources you already have. Instacart only took my phone and my car. That's it. Selling things on eBay only took me already loving to buy things to then go out and put it online. So when people think about side hustling, don't overcomplicate it. It can really be as simple as using the skills you already have. And for me, it kind of spiraled into like, okay, I'm an ABA therapist. I'm doing Instacart. I'm doing Amazon Flex but nothing I needed new skills for. Mm -hmm. So it was nice to say, I'm making thousands of dollars off of my phone. My side hustles are now paying for my car to get paid off. And just understanding that it can really be that simple. And taxes, honestly, they weren't really that bad for me because if you're a 1099 employee, there are so many things you can write off, right? So I was able to write off gas for my car when I was doing Instacart. Or Amazon Flex. Amazon Flex was giving you a stipend to for gas prices. So Amazon Flex is like that you become basically like a delivery driver for Amazon. Is that correct? Yes. You don't even have to see anybody. That's wild. <laughs> All you're doing is delivering packages. And like for a two-hour block, you were making between $85 and $90 for two hours. Wow. But if you finished early, like if I finished in an hour because I knew the area, then I still got that $90. Um, so just using your resources. And if you're a 1099 employee, I always say put a, about 25% of money for taxes aside every after at the end of every week, because we always say, well, oh, we're going to do it at the end. But we, <laughs> I w- I'm the poster child for saying that in the first year, I did not do that. <laughs> yes. Guilty as charged. I did the same. <laughs> but I wrote off so much stuff as a 1099 employee that it kind of just balanced out. So please keep it simple. Right. I love it. it. Yeah. That's brilliant. Now, I know some folks are probably listening to this and be like, girl, when do you sleep? But like, when are you doing these side hustles? Because I am exhausted from this full-time job. I too am exhausted by my (laughs) full-time job. But I have prioritized that my weekends are for me. Mm. I do not work on Saturdays and Sundays. Everything gets done. Listen, I am a teacher. I side hustle. 
I'm an ABA therapist. I'm a graduate student. Like the only thing I don't have on there is kids, but I can't like, we're not talking about that right now. But understanding that there's going to be certain times where you need to set aside just for you. Right. So for me, Sundays, I do nothing. And as a person who is a workaholic, sometimes you feel lazy and not doing something, but understanding that your body needs that rest to be able to fuel your present self and your future self. So Monday through Fridays are like, don't talk to me. I'm out the house at 6 a.m. I don't come back in the house until 8 a.m. But on Saturdays and Sundays, I'm allotting myself that fun, that relaxation. And yeah, even in my community right now, I tell them I don't work on Saturdays and Sundays. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's my time. So it's doable, right? And I want people to know that it's doable, but sometimes it takes that sacrifice. And I always say the side hustle has to get you to the goal. It does not have to be forever. Mm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, I no longer, yeah, I no longer do Amazon Flex, Instacart. I, I do none of those. Because you got to the place where your goal was achieved, where it was paying exactly. off this debt. Yes. Exactly. I think it's so important to maintain like that light at the end of the tunnel because it can feel very draining, right? When you're going yeah. through it, when you feel like maybe you're not making as much progress, when things happen to derail your debt you know, payoff journey because maybe your car breaks down or your basement floods or whatever. And you're like, shit, this feels like it's never going to end. But I promise you, like ignoring it is not going to help either. Never. So you got to pick. You got to face it. (laughs) Um, Like you, like you really do. But once you get into the zone, it's like, it's you against you. There's Mm -hmm. like nothing stopping you at that point. Like when I was paying off debt, it was always, it was never about the end goal for me, actually, now that I realized. But understanding, I realized so many ways to make more money mm. that I can still, I still have those skills. My car is paid off. I'm credit card debt free, but I still have those skills to say if I needed to, even for fun money. Sometimes I'm just, I go on Instacart just to get fun money now. And it was one of the things that I did not include in my side hustling journey was putting aside money for me. And I, that's one of the first things I tell people when you're side hustling and making more money, it's great that, you know, 80% of it goes to debt. But keep 20% at least for you because it's going to motivate you to keep on going. I used to survive off of $50 in fun money. It was a joke. (laughs) Like, I wasn't getting enough drinks at $50. So please put some money aside for you to say, okay, I'm doing the work, but my present self is being satisfied in this moment, Mm. even while I'm satisfying my future self. So I love that. It's like really rewarding yourself for all the hard work that you're doing is how you stay motivated. Yes. So let's talk about something that I have found after becoming debt-free because I feel like we get into such like, you know, we're so committed to the goal. Yeah, We're so focused on like, that's the thing that when we do have now excess funds, maybe we feel guilty about spending it. Maybe we're still like in that scarcity mindset, like, oh, but maybe I should save this and maybe I should keep not doing nothing because what if something happens? Have you tackled that at all? Oh my gosh, I have. It was like... (laughs) First of all, the other day I had like an extra $2,000 in my account and I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> like, this thing is wrong. <laughs> but it's just like, I don't have as many hands in my pockets anymore. Hmm. So I have that mindset where um, my wins don't feel good for me. It's so weird. Like, I love to see everyone else win and that intrinsically motivates me. But I realized I need to start spending money on myself. So I created a bougie sinking fund. Oh, yes. Yeah. At the top of this year, people thought it was like the greatest thing. And I'm like, it's not really for you guys. It's for myself. (laughs) And I just budget money to go into this fund. And now when I pull money out to buy myself things, I am spending unapologetically because it's a line in my budget. And if it's one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to follow my budget. So it goes into an ally. Yeah, it goes into an ally account. And it's just, okay, Summer, when you want something, you have the money there. And it it stops that scarcity mindset for me because I have a fully funded emergency fund. You know, I don't have as many hands in my pockets. I'm bringing in the most money I've ever brought in. But understanding, I don't know, psychologically, it's like, am I even supposed to be here? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, like, I started from a mother who was addicted to drugs. I grew up in the foster care system. Like, how did I get here? And understanding it's okay to just celebrate what I have done. Sometimes we're so in the mindset of, okay, I hit the goal, but then the goalpost moves and then you try to follow it and then the goalpost moves and you're never celebrating. 
So for me, my bougie fund is celebrating. And that fund, I bought me a $1,500 bag. Girl, yes. When I, when I, tell you, I was like, my friend was like, you you deserve it. I'm just like, no, 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 no. <laughs> she's like, but you just made $7,000. But it's that understanding that it's okay to spend on yourself. We spend on people. We sure do. Ridiculous amounts of money. But now that bougie sinking fund, baby, it funds heavily. And I have no problem. Like I'm here for it. Oh my God. So good. Tell me more about kind of how you structure your budget. I'm always curious to find out like, you know, how many different accounts do you use? I heard you mention Ally, which is a high yield savings account. And I'd love for you to touch on why you use a high yield savings account too. Okay. So I'm a zero-based budgeter, which means, and I think when people think zero-based budget, they automatically think at the end of the month, your account has zero. That is not true. It just means that every dollar you have coming in has a job. So for me, before the month comes, I have already budgeted all of my money. And what else do I do? It's so weird because you do it so naturally. It's like hard to explain. So yeah, zero-based budget, you know, and I prioritize what my goal is. So right now my goal is making sure I max out my Roth IRA. So if you look at my budget, you automatically see $500 every time I get paid is going to my Roth IRA. It's going to Vanguard. And I use two different accounts. So one just is where my check comes in. And the other one is where all of my bills come out. And I just keep it that simple. Um, My high yield savings account with Ally. I like Ally because it has the bucket feature, which means I can set up different buckets for what I want. So like I said, I have my bougie sinking fund have my travel fund, my emergency fund is in there. And I can just see it like automatically. And I know people like to automate. I am not an automator. Yeah, I'm, I'm not either. Oh, great. Oh my yeah. God. I'm, like, I'm a control freak. I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna, freak. I want to click the button. Yes. I'm like, I don't, I, I'm like clicking them every month. <laughs> so for me, I know a lot of people love to automate, but I don't. But as long as I have this check that I follow, like I do what is called a paycheck checklist. And basically, every time a check comes in, I know what I'm paying and I check it off for me. So people always say like, oh, I budget, but I'm not consistent. Well, that's because you've done a monthly budget, right? You haven't broken it down to per paycheck where you should understand what you're paying each paycheck. So for me, a paycheck checklist, two separate accounts, and basically whatever my goal is for that time being. So like I said, right now, it's my Roth IRA. Two years ago, you saw I was heavily paying off a car. And your budget should reflect what your goal is at the moment. So if I can't look at your budget and see something that's saying this is the goal, then you might kind of want to readjust what your budget is and make sure that you're hitting that goal. But yeah, long-winded to say I'm a zero-based budgeter and I'm a control freak and I don't want to <laughs> made anything. <laughs> Do you use a specific app for your budgeting or are you like a spreadsheet type of or a notebook Ooh. or something? I'm like pen and paper. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like you're mom. just like your mom, like the old school. Yeah. <laughs> now that I think about it, I'm just like her. I'm pen and paper, yeah. but I also use the Every Dollar app, which okay. is free. And there, you just plug in your income and your monthly expenses. And the greatest thing about that is you can roll it over to the next month. Mm-hmm. You don't have to create a new budget every month. And I think sometimes that uh, stares people away from budgeting because it's like, oh, I have to do it. You don't have to do it every month. The Every Dollar app. I roll over my income, I roll over my expenses, and then I break it down per paycheck. And it's that simple. It takes me maybe 20 minutes out of the month to make sure my budget is together. Amazing. Okay. So you also mentioned that you are a proud homeowner, which in New York City is no small feat, but let alone on teachers' income. Please explain, how did you make this? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Selling a little... Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store shop phase to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million order stage? 
Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dinero, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dinero now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dinero. Happen. Ooh, how did I make this happen? Sacrifice is mm. what I want to start with saying. That's delayed, the real story. Yes, delayed gratification. I do not make anything look like it's beautiful and pretty. I side hustled. After I paid up all of my credit card debt, I started heavily saving. I saved $30,000 in the span of two years. Wow. Just to be able to buy my own property and well, my own condo. And I really got lucky. I tell people this all the time. My mortgage is only $469. <laughs> Ma'am, what? <laughs> yes. Rent in New York is minimum $2,400. How the hell did you do that? It was ugly. Let me just start mm. there. Okay. My apartment was ugly. And I was the type that was like, oh no, I need like the best of the best. Baby, I still got a white refrigerator. Okay. <laughs> but but <laughs> my mortgage is $469. So um, I really just like you have to know yourself and know your budget. So for me, it was I knew I could not afford $500,000 on my own. So then I narrowed down my budget. Well, how much could I afford? Um, and I said, my goal is I don't want to go over $200,000. My apartment was only about $137,000. So understanding your numbers, I didn't want to be house poor. Like I just I didn't. Right. Like I have 800 square feet for one person. I barely want to clean this. Why would I get anything that's bigger? Okay, I am fine. And I was on Zillow all the time. I like I said, I have to see when I when I have a goal, I need to see it. I was stalking y'all. I was on Zillow. I had maybe like $30 in my savings, but I was looking, okay? I did not care. And I this one kind of fell in my lap. And again, wasn't pretty. It needed work, but at the price I was paying, I did not care. It was mine. And I'm going to be here for a while so I can make it look like I wanted to make it to make it look. But I got really lucky and I bust my ass to make sure I saved for the down payment. So that meant for me, while teachers were off in the summer, I was working summer school. So I'm working summer school now. Summer school pays me for six weeks, $10,000. So while other people were resting because I get it, I said I had a goal to accomplish. And that was the last $10,000 before I said, here, take my money. And give me my condo. So it's wow. Fun. Where does one buy a condo for one hundred thirty-seven thousand dollars in New York? Please tell Westchester. Okay, yeah. okay. So, New Rochelle, Mount Vernon, White Plains, all of these areas. Um, but they're so expensive. I really got lucky. It was an estate sale, mm-hmm. so the son was really just kind of trying to get rid of it. But um, yeah, it's they're out there. Yeah, they just don't look how millennials like with the you know we I love gray. Gray is like my thing. It's not top notch appliances, and I like next year I'll probably do my kitchen over. But I'm not rushing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think sometimes we want to go into a home and it be like it be perfect. Yeah, we want and the HGTV like, experience. Yeah, you want that. And for me, I realized my my brother in law told me like you work really hard and you are going to get there. Like you don't have to rush your process. So for me, I don't mind my white refrigerator. You know, everything else in here is beautiful and it'll get done when it gets done because I'm working to save and I'm not putting myself in debt just to make it look nice. Now. Mm-hmm. I and we usually do those things for other people anyway. So yes. it's like, why do you spend the money to impress people who don't even give a shit? I don't even invite people over. So that's why I mean, <laughs> y'all there you go. Anyway. <laughs> I love it. 
So Summer, to stay motivated on this path, I imagine you have to do a lot of mindset work. And I'm curious like what that has looked like for you. Once I'm focused on a goal, it's just in me to want to hit it. But my thing is some people, for me, it was learning how to take a break and understanding that it's normal. When you put your numbers on social media and people see you as the person who is like always doing the work, it feels like scared to tell them I'm tired. And now I tell people like, I'm tired, I'm burnt (laughs) out. And I have that honest conversation with myself before anything. And understanding that taking a break doesn't mean I'm quitting on myself. It means that I'm just stepping back in order to reassess what I have going on. So for me, I talk to myself every day. (laughs) I'm my best advocate. And it's just understanding that those conversations, like people look for the answers in other people, but it's really in you. Like only you know when you're tired, only you you know when you're motivated. And for me, those conversations, whether it's nine o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, it's my body telling me, all right, we can push through this. We can make it happen. Or my body telling me, all right, it's time to take a break. And it's in those quiet moments where you realize, breathe. Mm -hmm. Like the journey's still going to happen. And it's a journey. And lately I have been breathing. And right now in this moment, if I'm being very honest, I absolutely dislike my job right now. And I always tell people, it's okay to take that break. You don't want to get where I'm at right now because my passion is fading. Mm. You want to be able to take that break and come back into your passion and say, I'm ready to do it. So just having that honest, raw conversation with yourself, for me, is the most important thing you can do for mindset. Absolutely. It's just being self-aware, I think, is so powerful. And, And making that a daily practice is really, really important. Okay, so now you have this personal finance brand. I see you out here on these CNBC streets. Tell me how this came to be. This is incredible. I don't know this person. (laughs) I do not know her. I don't know what happened. I just came on Instagram to get motivation. I did not come on Instagram to be bitch I'm budgeting or whoever she is. And I always kind of have to separate myself because it's like... This passion shouldn't be so easily, I shouldn't get revenue from something that I love so much that doesn't seem like work. It's so weird. But how did I get here? Being raw and authentic and honest, surrounding myself with people who are doing the work like yourself, who just says like, no, it's okay to charge this price or it's okay to understand like, this is like your zone. And my experience for some reason helps people. And I love Like I said, I don't get motivation from hitting my own goals. I get it from seeing other women hit their goals. So for me, starting a community and helping women achieve their goals has been like top notch. Like I bought a condo, but when people save $25, I'm hype. Like when I tell you I'm next level, like you paid off debt. Um, So just, I don't know how I got here. I'm blessed every day because it it doesn't feel like work. I don't know how I got here. I can't explain. I can tell you. You got here by showing up. You got here by using your voice. You got here by normalizing the conversation around debt and making it a fun, relatable conversation where I think for a lot of us, we associate money with shame and fear and guilt and you take that out of it. And I think that's a totally refreshing approach. So that's that's my opinion. I got here. I I try to be as non-judgmental as possible because- when I was making $37,000, I didn't want to tell anybody, which mm. is crazy, right? But now I hype that shit up. I was making $37,000 at one point. Right now, I tripled my income. Last year, I made $115,000. Holy shit. Like, I hype that up so much because it's where I started. And it's crazy that at first, I didn't. I was like, yeah, I'm making $37,000. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, I want to show people it's possible. I didn't leave a field, you know, I didn't get a different, like go to a different company. I side hustled $45,000 last year. That's incredible. (laughs) That's crazy to me to think about that. But just telling people, like being myself and being honest, I think has gotten me far, even when it doesn't feel good. I feel like sometimes the message, people just need the message Mm -hmm. and I'm okay not looking my best if it's going to be relatable and make you motivated on your journey to say she was doing it, I can do it, but I can do it better than her because she's already given me the steps to be better than her. That's my goal is for everyone to be better than me because that means I'm doing my job and helping you. 
Absolutely. I love how both of us, we started our platforms because we just had a genuine desire to like share our journeys and to just, you know, hopefully inspire people. I'm curious what the first occurrence was when somebody was like, hey, can I like pay you? Cause I want you to teach me how you're doing this. Cause the shit happened to me. I was like DM and I'm like, wait a minute. What do you mean you want to pay me for like a hour of my time? Uh, What? (laughs) Honestly, I did it for free. Of course, because we always I do at the beginning. Yeah, I just wasn't sure. But my friend who was like my right hand, she's like, you need to know your worth. And you have to realize you can help people for free, but at a point you have to like charge. But for me, it was like, why you want my help? <laughs> why are you here? And it was just because, you know, you did it. But in the moment, you never feel like you're doing it. So for me, it was shocking that someone wanted to pay me for my time. And something that I had just experienced and accomplished. But now, baby, you paying me my dollars for my time. I'm going to still give this free content. But I'm going to also make sure I'm charging you because I realize I know what I'm doing. Like imposter syndrome is huge. Mm. And if I'm being very honest, I wanted to shut this whole shit down last week. Um, Because it kind of just gets you like, am I really doing what I love? And people are asking me to help them and pay me to help them. Um, so it's weird. I feel like forever so it's going to be weird. Like, how do you? How do no, you honey, I promise you, it totally, it never gets not weird. It's just like, oh, wait, yeah. like, this is so fucking weird. Like, the fact that you've acquired information and experience and it's somehow valuable to folks, it's incredible. But when you think about it, right, like, we do a lot of the traditional training, education, we're doing the same yeah. thing, but instead of going to a school to learn what we learned, we are going through life and those right. lessons are also valuable. So I think it's just understanding that there's many ways to acquire really valuable information. And when it's valuable enough, like that's when people want to pay for it. So I know, I think that's like crazy. <laughs> I'm glad that you said like, it doesn't get like less, whatever. No, like, it's oh, so weird. This much for to do what? <laughs> Oh, you gonna okay. pay me how much to be doing a TikTok? Are you are you sure? That's what I, I oh my gosh, can I please talk about that for one second? Go for it. I got on this platform, like you said, it was just to share my journey. And um at 30,000 followers, I charged somebody two thousand dollars for a reel, and Honey. they were like, Yes, we can meet you at your price. Oh, really? <laughs> the price has now gone up <laughs> for anyone else. And I've always been scared to charge my worth because I'm just like it's experience, but I feel like experience is like the best teacher you can ever have. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I'm just like, oh, you're going to pay my price? Yes. And every time no, somebody no. offers now, it's like, that's the new that's baseline. It's the yes. new baseline. Trust and believe. I had the same exact journey. The first time somebody asked me to do a public speaking engagement, I was like, $200? They're like, yeah, that works. Now I'm like, uh, I am not showing up for less than two grand. And yes. it better be like very low effort. Please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I love that. You're, you're like, I always say like I'm baby side hustle, but you're like big side hustle. Like you <laughs> turn this into such a like you turn it into a business. Like and I watched you do it. I think that's the crazy part. Like you were still working at your nine to five yeah. when I saw you transition out. Oh my God. And like, you will be the next one. I'm putting it out there now. <laughs> I'm so proud of you though. I have to like say that. Thank I'm, you. I'm like, very proud of you. Like you're, you motivate people more than you, I think you know. Cause I feel like on Instagram, you don't like, I know people tell you, but like it does something for me personally. So I know it does something for a lot of people to say she left her nine to five and she has made over a million dollars in the course of her time. Like. And you're doing what you love. Crazy. crazy. I think that that's the thing. Like, I think not enough of us in our community have been given the permission to make money while doing something that they love. Like work has always been associated for many of us as just like the thing that you do because you have to. But I think there's so many opportunities for us to merge what we are meant to do and also to be able to live the life financially that we want to and feel good about it, you know? Yes, yes. I see you on the beach all the time now or on the balcony. I'm like, that's about to be me, okay? She's doing it. Yes, honey. I love it. Okay, so let's talk to folks who are in the beginning stages of their financial journeys. And they are like, you know what, Summer? You have motivated me. I want to get out of debt. 
Where do I start? You start by understanding why you want to do it. When I first got on this platform, I saw people who were making hundreds of thousands of dollars and I tried to keep up with them and our whys were not the same. I was trying to make debt payments like they were and I couldn't do it and it made me feel discouraged. But understanding what your why is and then understanding that it's going to change. So my why first was just because I wanted to get out of credit card debt. I did that. My why changed to them paying off my car. I did that. My why then changed is because I want to be in my own space. I did that. So just first understanding why are you on this journey? Because like I said, sometimes your motivation is just going to go. And that's when that consistency has to kick in. So understanding your why would be number one. Number two is, well, what's the goal, right? Um, sometimes we don't really have an end goal. And I realized on this journey, I don't think I, ha- I, don't think I had an end goal. I, sometimes I still don't think I have an end goal. But like, I know yours is fire, right? Um, for me, I, I'm still not sure what my end goal is, but what's the goal for right now? What are you trying to accomplish and what does that look like for you? So if you're paying off debt, well, are you able to pay off debt on your regular salary or do you need to find a new ways to make more money? And that's an honest conversation that's not going to be easy to have. It was not easy to tell myself, you're making $37,000. Like this doesn't feel good. Like people are telling you to cut back, but you can't. It was shameful really. And then I said, well, what else can I do to make more money? So finding out What's your goal? What's your why? Understanding how does that fit in with your financial goals right now? So if you need to make more money, no one needs to know your side hustle, eh? You don't have to tell anybody. Um, you don't have to tell anybody like you're not making enough money, but put forth the effort to accomplish those goals. And delayed gratification is the hardest thing to do, but the most rewarding thing ever. I delayed so many trips. I delayed outing with my friends, but they understood in order to sit here, come home in my quiet ass condo, have money in the bank more than I've ever had. And it all started with that conversation with myself. Mm. It gets no raw than you sitting with yourself saying, I fucked up, (laughs) but how can I fix this? Right. Mm -hmm. And devising a plan. My plan was credit card debt, car, buy a place. I've accomplished all those in, in the past three years. That is a whole testimony, honey, to the power of intentionality with your money. How is this my life? Oh, it is. Own it. Celebrate it. And I know folks are going to want to find out so much more about you, your journey, how you can help them get out of debt. So tell us where we can find you on these internet streets and how do you help your clients now tackle debt and make their budgets their bitch. <laughs> okay. Yes. You can find me on bitch. I'm budgeting on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all those things, bitch. I'm budgeting. I have an accountability group, which means I'm on your ass. Okay. <laughs> so I have accountability group on Patreon where I help people build the roadmap to accomplishing their goals. And for me, that has been the most rewarding thing because we're only like a month in and people have already accomplished the goal that they thought was going to take them six months. Wow. Like emergency funds are fucking set up and it feels good. So Instagram, bitch, I'm budgeting. I am here to help people hold them accountable, but also understand their budget methods and what works for them. So I usually do one-on-one sit down meetings and we go through it together. I do not ever tell people to give me your numbers and your expenses and we do it. You learn nothing that way. You learn more when we sit down, do it together and devise a plan that's what's going to work best for you. This is my life. I got to say that one more time. It is. And You're I want to know, like, what's next for you, honey? Tell me what's next. What's next? I have a planner coming out. A planner that it's called Bitch, I'm Financially Fit. Oh, it's my a God. Work so good. <laughs> it's a workbook on everything I use over the past three years to get me to understanding my finances. So one of the biggest pages I have in there is what's called a trigger and a solution. So understanding what your emotional triggers are and how to combat that. So for me, one of my triggers were I spend a lot of money when I'm in love. My solution for that was actually asking my friend before I spend the money. (laughs) So I have that planner coming out. It's you being raw, honest with yourself about your finances, where you want to go in life financially and just emotionally. And I'm kind of excited about that. Like, I'm excited about it too. (laughs) Yes, bitch, I'm financially fit. Listen, I'm trying to get everybody on this financial journey and seeing that they can be the best selves with consistency. That's that's like 
I'm not doing better than anything better than anyone else besides I'm just being consistent even when the shit is not paying off in the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really powerful message to leave folks with because when you see people on the internet or in real life that you admire, you have to get to know the whole journey of how they got there, right? You see the highlights, but you don't see the sacrifices necessarily. You don't see those knows that had to happen in order for you now to be able to say yes to all these things. So thank you for being transparent with your journey. Thank you for being, you know, giving us the raw, real story, which I think a lot of us appreciate. And I just want to encourage you and anybody who's listening to this is like, look, your whole life can change with making a single decision to say, you know what, I'm tired of this fucking debt. We're going to do something about it. And then just show up every day with that same mission, because one day you're going to realize like you've bought back your life. You've bought back your freedom by making that change. And it's possible for us. I think as like minorities, sometimes we feel like we just have to be in this work cycle. Like financial freedom is real, like, and it's tangible and it's tangible for us, even if it wasn't meant for us. Mm. Like mm-hmm. this shit is real guys. That's it. <laughs> Summer, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you are ready to take your dinero to the next level, sign up for our free 14-page guide, The Financially Lit Latina, the ultimate blueprint for becoming poderosa with your dinero. This 14-page guide includes our best tips on money mindset, budgeting, debt repayment, career, investing, financial independence, side hustles, and more. And you can get it completely free. So to get your copy of the Financially Lit Latina, just head over to YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start. That's YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start and start transforming your dinero story today. Until next time, stay empowered, stay inspired, and stay poderosa. On the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liability with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions, or misleading or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated content constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.